And you were that one that gone astray, that he came looking for you. He didn't leave you. He came looking for you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Amen. I'm grateful to be in the house of the Lord. I'm grateful to be with my, my brothers and sisters of Christ. No other place that I'd, I'd rather be. Before we go on, as you, you've heard several times, we did have a, a missionary from Japan. And I'm giving the church the, the, the choice. If you want to partner up, uh, we will be sending in a monthly, uh, uh, monthly payment to him to help him in his field in Japan. Uh, but that comes from us. So if you want to give $5, 10 whatever you want to commit to, uh, see me after church. We are going to be sending in our, our PIM to headquarters, and, uh, uh, and we will be sponsoring Brother Craig. It was amazing. He was good. He was to the point. He was to the point. Sometimes we need that. We need just to be told like it is. I like people that don't beat around the bush. You got a problem with me. Don't, don't, just, don't just skirt and scoot. Just come right out. Rip that Band-Aid right off. Tell me so we can make it right. But he, he, was, he, was, he was good. Uh, we're going to go to the, to the word. And uh, I believe I got a word from, for somebody. Lord always deals with me differently than, than others. Sometimes he talks to me when I'm cutting grass. When I'm not expecting it. Thought comes lay something on my heart and I just could not get away from this I just could not get away from it if you have your Bibles turn to 2 Corinthians chapter number 10 verse number 4 for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal we're not picking up guns we're not picking up swords knives sometimes I wish the devil would come physically. I sure would love just to bop him right upside his head. You know what I'm talking about. I see a lot of heads shaking. He's been meddling, he's been dealing, and he's been bothering, and he's been doing his business that sometimes we just wish he would come physically just so we can all gang up on him and take turns. You hold him while I punch him, and I'll, I'll hold him, and you take your turn. But it says the weapons are our warfare are not carnal. We, we can't hold it. We can't physically see it or touch it with our hands. But they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Listen, God did not save you just to leave you on your own. He did not save you and say, good luck. I hope you make it. But he's given us the advantage He's given us weapons that we can be victorious. Listen, don't tell me that you can't live a victorious life. Oh, I wish somebody would hear me right now. Don't tell me that you can't live an overcoming life. God's given you weapons. God's given you an avenue and a channel that you can live victorious. Matthew chapter number 11, verse number 12. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence. And the violent take it by force. Listen, if we're going to be victorious, we can't stand idly and do nothing. If we are going to defeat the devil, 
If we are going to win the loss, we just cannot sit quietly or sit silently or sit idle, but we got, we've got to get forceful. we got to take it. So I'm going to preach for just a little bit on this thought. Don't leave home without them. Why don't you put your hands in the air. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, God, that you are already here. Lord, that victory is already in this place, that an anointing is already in this place. God, the Holy Ghost anointing has already started moving from the front to the back and from side to side. God, you're just looking for somebody to respond. You're just looking for somebody to rise up in faith. I pray, God, that you would just have your way in this place. God, I pray that every chain and bond that was brought into this place would be loose today. God, I pray that you would have your way in the powerful name of Jesus. And if you want to have church and you want God to do something in this place, why don't you just clap your hands one more time? Let's respond to the Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. You know, the under... Under 50 crowd probably don't understand what it's like to go on vacation without a debit card. The young ones don't realize what we went through in the younger days. Because back in the day, we just had a choice of bringing cash, a check, if the people would accept it, or a credit card. And that was pretty well your option when you went on vacation. Um, I remember maybe y'all y'all probably did the same thing that I did. When we went on vacation, I would take X amount of dollars, whether it be 500, 600, 700, whatever I happened to have, and that was in my wallet, and that was our vacation money. That was for gas. That was for hotel. That was for anything we're going to eat. That was for anything we're going to do, and once the money's gone, guess what? Vacation is over. You got to save about $20 to get gas, hopefully to get back home. And that was it. That's how we went on vacation. We had a wallet full of cash, and that was what we did to, to go on vacation. Because I remember one time we were, taking my, uh, we were taking the dog to my dad's house. He was going to babysit the dog, and, uh, and I had a, a wallet full of cash, and I put that in the door, in the little hand slot of the door uh, in, the, in the minivan. And we were in Granite on Route 3 heading to Madison, and uh, my son Zachary uh, uh, was getting sick. And as any parent would do, you pull over, please get out of the car fast. I don't want to clean anything up. So I jumped out of the car, ran around, got him out. He did his business. Uh, we got back in the van, went back to Madison uh, to drop the dog off. Well, uh, after we dropped the dog off, I, I, I closed the door and I looked and my wallet was not where I placed it. That had all of my vacation fund. That had, we were all heading to Branson. That had every penny uh, for vacation and it could not find it. So we drove back to Route 3 uh, uh, in Granite and pulled around on the shoulder. And sure enough, where I got out of the car to hurry up and get around, the wallet was still there on the ground with the, with the cash in it. But that's what we did. We took cash with us, and that's what we used. Well, in the 70s, <clears throat> American Express introduced something uh, that you were taking. Zachary, go ahead and, and, and play the video. Many of the older ones will remember this. I was with them for 21 years. It was a pleasure. It was a joy. I loved every minute of it. Instead of cash, carry American Express traveler's checks. If they're stolen or lost, you can get them replaced usually on the same day. Insist on American Express traveler's checks. Don't leave home without them. Fact. They're accepted at hotels, restaurants, and shops everywhere. Fact. More travelers choose American Express than any other. All traveler's checks are not the same. So don't carry cash. Carry American Express traveler's checks. Don't leave home without them. 
You can lose your money close to home just as easily as you can halfway around the world. American Express Traveler's Checks, wherever you go, don't leave home without them. It could happen to you. Don't leave home without them. And that was the ad campaign for American Express Traveler's Checks from the mid-70s all the way up into the mid-90s. And it was, a, it was a successful campaign because that slogan, as soon as I said that, I'm sure the over 50, you, you knew right where I was going. Don't leave home without them. You could take the Traveler's Checks, you, you, you give it cash, and, and, and if you lose them, they, they will replace them. But that's what people would do. They would go on vacation, you take your Traveler's Checks. And that was the line. Don't leave home without them. And Carl Malden, who you saw up there, was the spokesperson. And, and this went on until the, the mid-90s, until they started doing some things differently. And it got me to thinking that what the Lord gave me and what he impressed on me this, this, this past week. Listen, we don't have to be a prophet. You don't have to be a super spiritual person to understand our world is in chaos. Listen, we need to be in prayer. Israel is under attack. Israel is at war with the Palestinians right now. I got word this morning. I saw the news. Uh, the Palestinians were dragging innocent men and women out of their houses, children, and slaughtering them in the streets. That is happening today as I'm preaching this word. This is happening clear across our, our world, and Israel is under attack. And I pray to the good Lord above that we stand with Israel. I want you to pray for Israel because this is a very, very serious situation that is taking place. The war in Ukraine is still going on. There is chaos that is going on all around the world. Even right now, there is an all-out attack on the very moral fabric of the United States of America. Things that we stood for for years, the things that this country was founded on, is being pushed to the side. And that's what's being promoted as acceptable to our children. The very moral fabric, the things that I was raised on, the things that you were raised on, that your mom and dad stood for, is being attacked and being pushed to the side. And the voice of the church is being silenced. The voice of the church is trying to be shut up. But I want you to know, this church will still proclaim truth. Uh, this church will still proclaim what is right. But thank God for the faithful who continue to stand for truth. Thank God for the faithful saints of God who are still carrying on despite going through a storm themselves. Thank God for every saint of God that is lifting up this pastor in prayer. I want you to know I appreciate every prayer that goes up for the ministry of this church because we are under attack. We are trying to be silenced. We are trying to be closed. But I want you to know I will stand fast. I am not going anywhere. I will put both feet down and say I am still here it has been 10 years 10 years when we came up here and the devil had the audacity to say this is my area he said this is my stronghold and you will not have an impact on this area and that's what he told me when we came up here threatening me that you will not have an impact in this area he did two things wrong that day Number one, he threatened me. You don't threaten me. I don't take threats too kindly. Growing up, I've had kids and the bullies and everything. Hey, I'm going to knock you out and tear you up. Let's go. You don't threaten me. You don't threaten me. Number two, he seems to uh, 
age must be affecting him and he seems to be uh, losing his memory a little bit. Because my word says greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Don't you come threatening a saint of God devil. Don't you come threatening a church that still stands for truth because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And my scripture says that where sin doth bound. Oh, it seems like sin is on every side of us. It seems like sin is being promoted all over the place. And it seems like sin is being promoted in our schools and then everywhere we look. But where sin abounds... That lets me know that grace does much more abound. The devil thinks he's got everything. The devil thinks he's got us. But I want you to know that the Lord has already seen it. To, and where sin does abound, there's much more grace that does abound. Don't threaten me. The reason true tabernacle is here is not because this is a social club. This is not a social gathering. Listen, I love fellowshipping, as many of you know. I love eating with the saints of God, as you can tell. But if the only reason we're coming to True Tabernacle is so I can talk to my friends, if the only reason we're coming to True Tabernacle is just so we can associate with one another, we've got it wrong. Because this place, this place is where we gather to worship our God. This place is where we gather to put all the powers of hell under our feet because the war has started. The war against all of truth, the war against saints of God has begun. And if we are to be a witness and we are to be the light to this community and we're to snatch men and women and children out of the clutches of a real devil who wants to send them to a real hell, if the battle begins right here. But can I preach to the church? You are not defeated. Oh, I don't know who I'm preaching this to. You've been walking around with a defeated mentality and you've been walking around with a defeated look on your face, uh, but I want you to know the church is victorious. Uh, I want you to know that you could be victorious in this place, uh, that the God who created the heavens and the earth has already started infiltrating the atmosphere in this place uh, and there's victory here. You don't have to be defeated. But we are victorious, and we were promised victory. Somebody say, I'm victorious. Come on, say it like you mean it. To the church, he has promised victory to those who want it. If you just want to wallow in, in the mire, and if you just want to stick where you are, you go right ahead, that's your choice. But if you want victory, God says, I will give you victory. If you want healing, God says, I will give you healing. But the choice is up to you. He's not going to force it on you. Because the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Because to the saint of God, I say this. Submit yourself to God. Submit yourself, Lord. Because he said, submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Let me tell somebody today, you need to submit yourself to the will of God. You've been running from it for a long time and you've been digging your heels in. But somebody just doesn't need to let go. God, take me.
submit yourself to God. Just give me a minute or an hour and a half, whatever it takes. To give you what God gave me, it won't take that long, I promise. <laughs> but give me a minute to let me tell you what God, the thought that he placed into my mind. Every one of us, every one of us, including these little kids up front, have a process that they do to prepare for the day when they get up. I know some of you run to your lifeline. No, not Facebook, coffee. Some just can't function until that cup of coffee is hitting their lips. For some, it's breakfast. For some, we, for most of us, all of us, I hope we take showers. <laughs> and then we prepare. For me, it's, it's khaki pants, usually a black shirt, Brower Supply shirt. Some put on uniforms. Some whatever you wear to work. And it changes. Now it's getting cold. We're going to start wearing long sleeve shirts. We start wearing sweaters, jackets, to prepare for the elements, to prepare for what awaits us out there. We prepare for it. I knew cold was coming. In fact, I got my sweat jacket out yesterday. I had to get up on the roof of the house, blow out all the needles from my no good neighbor's pine trees that comes blowing into my gutters and clogging them up. So I put a sweat jacket on because I knew it's windy. It's going to be cold on that roof. So I prepared for that. I brought my phone. Sister Ange was all scared. Don't, please, I don't want you to go on the roof. Can you wait till I get home? Take your phone with you. I don't want you to go up there. Well, it's a good thing I did because the ladder fell down and I was stuck on the roof. <laughs> Brother Wilson, I have... I had my headphones on. I'm singing praises to the good Lord above, and I'm just a singing and just a blowing those needles out. I didn't know the ladder done fell, and I'm, I'm getting ready to get off the roof, and there's a ladder laying on the, on the floor. Called, called the next-door neighbor, called Bailey. Please come rescue me. <laughs> but we prepare. We get ready to go out for whatever's waiting for us. But give me... Just a, 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 a little bit because God laid this upon me that we prepare ourselves in the physical. Amen. I'm not going out in short sleeve shirts if it's 20 below zero out there. We prepare for that. Some of you wear short sleeve shirts no matter if it's 50, 100, or 30 below zero. You're just, you're okay with that. Not me. You know, comb don't do me good anymore. I don't like it. So I prepare for that. But he says, as we prepare for the physical, he says, some are not preparing for the spiritual. Okay, Lord. What do you mean? What do you mean by that? He said, there are individuals that are being taken down and out from the spiritual attacks. He said, they're being taken out. They're rendered useless in the kingdom because they are not preparing for the spiritual attack. Ephesians 6 and 10 says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Okay? This walk is not for the weak. It's not for the feeble. But you don't have to stand on your own. He said, be strong. Not in yourself. But be strong in the Lord. There's help for you today. 
You don't have to go through this alone. You don't have to fight this alone. But he says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. If God is for you, who can be against you? You can't fight and stand on your own saint of God. It's not because of your talent that you're going to overcome. It's not because of your knowledge. It's not because of your sheer physical strength. It's a spiritual fight. But here's what God gave me. Ephesians 6.11. Put on the whole armor of God. Put on. In other words, you have to do it. If I go out, Sister Edge ain't going to put that jacket on. She's not going to make sure I got the clothes on. My shoes. I have to do that. I put on. Put on the whole armor of God. be able to fight, that you might be able to succeed, put on the whole armor of God, that you may stand against the wiles of the devil. He said to put on. That means you do it. He spoke to me. Here we go. I'm going to get in it. He said there are lives that are in flames and families that are in chaos and good people that are being crushed spiritually and emotionally because the spiritual weapons are just laying to the side. There are lives that are being crushed all the while there's help for you. All the while there are weapons that are at your disposal that are just laying... He said there are lives that are suffering and they're not seeing that the weapons of the warfare are right there for them to overcome and be victorious. My God, my God, my God, my God, my God. And it really hit me. It hit me. That if somebody is standing there and their lives are in flames, because they're being beaten down spiritually. They're being beaten down emotionally. They're being beaten down. All the while, they have the weapons right there within reach. That there are spouses and there are children that are under attack in homes. While the weapons are not even being taken up. There are homes that are in turmoil. And the weapons are right there. God, forgive me. God, forgive me if my wife is under attack. God, forgive me if my children are under attack and my grandchildren are under attack and I don't lift a finger. I don't do anything and I sit idle. God, forgive me. If my house is in flames and they're going down physically, spiritually, emotionally, and I don't do anything, God, forgive me. There's weapons that are at my disposal that I can beat up every devil. If I could preach just a little bit, I want to preach a little Holy Ghost boldness into the men of this church. 
Come on, Dad. Your children are worth every fight. Your children are worth every prayer. Your children are worth every tear. Pick up the weapons and defeat the devil that's trying to destroy them. Pick up the weapons and defeat who's trying to get them to a devil's hell. Defeat them. Don't just sit there idle while they go down. Don't just sit there idle while their lives are being destroyed. Don't just sit there while the world and the devil tries to infiltrate their minds with every sickness and every vile thing. Don't just sit there. Come on, Dad. They're worth it. He's trying to destroy their lives. We need some praying dads. We need some praying moms. We need some praying husbands. Come on, church, we need some praying wives in this place. Come on, dads, we need some strong dads to stand up and say, as for me and my house, I don't care what the neighbors are doing, I don't care what they're doing across the aisle, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Pick up those weapons again. Come on, pick them up again. Don't leave home without them. Because my family's worth it. They're worth every tear that I have had to cry. Every time I had to get a hold of God, God protect my kids. God protect my babies. God protect my grandbabies. They're worth it. But if we are going to be the victorious church that we are destined to be, there's something else we got to put back on. I want to preach to somebody who's not only laid your weapons aside, you haven't poked up that helmet, you haven't picked up that shield, you haven't picked up that sword. You just laid them All the while, all of hell is working. All the while, hell is trying to tear good people down, trying to lie to good saints of God. Isaiah 61.3, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes. Come on, there's going to be a changing for somebody here today. The oil of joy for mourning somebody has been crying. You've been in turmoil, but there's going to be a change in this place today. There's going to be a transformation. There's going to be something that happens in this place. But here we go, the garment of praise for the spirit. They've taken your garment of praise. You used to come to church with a praise on your lips. You used to lead praise in your home. And it got laid to the side. Where are the praisers of the church? Somebody needs to put on the garment of praise one more time. I'm not going to lay it down. I'm not going to lay it down, but pastor, I want to put it on one more time because my God is deserving of all praise. Because my God is deserving of all praise. Watch what happens. Why do I need that, pastor? 
I know I need this. Because it says, if you read on down, that they were going to be trees of righteousness. In other words, when you got your praise, it lets the devil know, devil, I'm not going anywhere. I know I'm going through a storm right now. And I know I'm going through a tough time right now. But I don't care how bad it gets, church. I don't care how many things happen. I'm not going to let go of my praise. Because it lets the devil know, no matter what I'm going through. No matter how hard life gets, I'm going to praise my God. I'm going to praise my God. Put on the time of praise one more time. Somebody needs to get it established here today. I'm not going anywhere. God is establishing me right here, right now. Listen, there's every wind of doctrine that seems to be blowing across our country right now. People are believing this, believing that, believing every lie that the devil seems to tell them. If ever there's time, we need to understand what we believe and why we believe it's right now. Because God is wanting to set somebody free in this place today. God is wanting to do the work in true tabernacle today. God is wanting to pour out his spirit here today. But we got to put on the garment of praise. Come on, clap your hands one more time to God. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Pastor, you don't know what I've been going through. Pastor, you don't understand what's happening. I do understand. Somebody needs to cast aside the garment of tiredness. Somebody needs to cast aside all of the garments of sickness and put on that garment of praise one more time. Come on, somebody needs to just open their mouth and praise him one more time. Put on that garment of praise. God, I praise you. God, I lift you up. Come on, get a little boldness. Come on, get a little loud with your praise. Hallelujah. Come on, he's worth it. He's worth it. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Hallelujah. God, I'm not going anywhere, but God, plant me. Establish me. All right, here we go. Isaiah 61 and 4. This is the ones that put on the garments of praise. Here's what happens. And they shall build the old waste. They shall raise up the former desolate. Oh, my word, my word, my word, my word. Somebody's been walking around in, a, in just a, you feel like your world's crumbling around you. He said, I'm going to raise up the former desolation. And they shall repair the waste cities and the desolation of many generations. <laughs> 
Maybe your mom and dad was a mess. Maybe grandma and grandpa was a mess. But God says, I'm going to establish something in the service today to those that put on the garments of praise, to those that were left. I'm going to start something new. It starts with you, and it starts with I, and it starts with this next generation, and it starts with this next generation. Can I say to somebody, your life may have been in flames, and your life may be in turmoil, and your life may be full of destruction, but God says, if you will just put on the garments of praise, I will start something new in you. I will start something new in your family. I will start something new. I don't know, Pastor. I just don't, I don't know. I do know. Let me say this. There is no sin that grace cannot cover in this place. Come on, there's no sin strong enough that can withstand the grace of God. I will say this, there's no addiction strong enough. I don't care what you brought into this place today. I don't care what you're facing right now. All I know is what God gave me and what he said to me, that somebody needs to put on the armor. Somebody needs to grab the weapons one more time and somebody needs to get their praise back on and put the garment of praise back on and watch what God does and watch how God shows up. If somebody could just put off their tiredness, put off what they're gonna be doing this week and say, God, I just want to praise you. God, I just wanna lift you up. I just want to praise you. Come on, I need somebody to praise him. I need my praisers to rise up. I need somebody that can lift him up. Put it back on. 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 Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Because God is wanting to restore. Many of you know my precious little VW bug that's in my garage. And thank the Lord that I didn't have to do too much to that car. But Joe, I don't, I don't know very much about cars. And I'm finding out as I lift the hoods of newer cars, I'm, I, I know less and less about what's what under a car hood anymore. At least with the buggy, I can lift that tiny little hood and I can say, okay, there's the carburetor. There's the generator. Okay, I can see where the spark plugs are. You lift the car hood and nowadays, I can't even see where the spark plugs are anymore. I can't, I can't, can't work on them anymore. But where I took my buggy to be repaired, I walked in and there's some really nice muscle cars. No buggy's not a muscle car. People are laughing. I know. Zero to 60 in five minutes. You give me time, I'll get up there. I'll catch up with you. It might take me a while, but I'll catch up with you. She wasn't built for speed. She was just good to look at. And pooed her down the road at a nice 50 miles an hour. But I walked into Jerry's shop. And I look, and there's a muscle car there that has been totally restored. 73 Plymouth, beautiful. I mean, restored. I mean, he told me the guy paid $20,000 for a paint job. I didn't even pay $20,000 for my buggy. It was near. 
But I appreciate the fact that somebody took an old car. And I don't know what shape is in. Some of these guys pull cars out of barns. They pull them out of fields. And they're rust buckets. And they just look horrible. You could see the ground from, from, the, from the seat. And they take it and they re- restore it. In other words, they get it back to its original shape of what it was intended to be like and what it was intended to do. That's what it was intended to do. Not sit in the field rusting away. Not sitting there and let the elements just take its toll on it. But brought back to what it's supposed to do. It's glory days. Go down the road. Proudly. Can I say I feel the spirit of God in this place. And God wants to place somebody who used to be where he wanted you. A life that was being used by God. A life that felt God's presence when when you walked into the church. A life that was pleasing to God. But life happened. As you heard Brother Wilson minister this morning. Life happens. We mess up. I mess up. I fail. I blow it. God. I'm glad that you don't hold that over my head how many times that I have failed and how many times that I've blown it. But you see, grace and mercy. Grace and mercy takes that away. But you know, one of the hardest things I had to overcome especially with after losing Sister Heil was me. How I messed up. How I felt I didn't do enough. How I felt I could have done more. And it held over my head. Did I do it? And I've, there's some things I wish I could take back. There's some things I wish I could have, would have said, should have said. But then I realized I really did everything I could for that dear sweet lady. I didn't do everything perfect. I didn't do everything probably the way maybe I should have looking back. But I can let that stand over my head. And I could just let that beat me down. But one thing, as Brother Wilson said, I learned. Learn. I'm going to show my appreciation for people. Now, baby, I appreciate you. I love you. And I want everybody to know I love you guys. Because I don't want to I don't want to let a day go by where, man, I wish I should have I could have said that to somebody. Man, I, if only I would have done this differently. But let me say this. God wants to take somebody whose life is a mess. On the outside, you look like you got it. Thank God we can't see past the facade. I've seen people, and they, 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 they wear the tie, and, 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 and they look the part. But inside, I know they're hurting. Inside, I know the life is a mess. Inside, I know they're crying out. I wish I could get back. But God is saying, I want to take you. You feel like you're that old car out in the field just rusting away. 
You used to be useful. You used to look nice. You used to sound nice. But right now, you're just wasting away. God is saying, if you will just simply put on that garment of praise one more time. Get over what's going on in here. Can I say this? This was my worst enemy. Because within myself, I messed up. Within myself, I'm a failure. Within myself, if I just listen, number one, to my own mind and let the devil heap on top of that, I could, I'd be a mess. But I have to get over what this mind is telling me and listen to the voice of God. Because he's saying to somebody here today, if you will just pick up your weapons one more time. Pick up that sword. Pick up your word again. Get into the word of God. Because mom and dad, there's a devil that wants to take your kids to hell. Mom and dad, grandma, grandpa, there's a devil that wants to take your grandkids to a devil's hell. Who will fight for them? I want my family to know there's a dad and a grandpa that will stand in the gap and I will fight for them. Put on the garment of praise. One more time. Warren, I can't jump as high as I used to. I'm not agile like you. I used to be able to put a move on some of these young people. You ain't going to outpraise me. Now I get a little winded. It doesn't look as pretty as it did when that 120-pound frame of mine used to be able to just to. Now that I've hit the 200-plus mark, it's not as easy. It doesn't look quite as elegant and nice as it used to as I feel everything move when I hit the ground when I say every fiber of me praises God it does but I purposed in my heart brother Hindy no matter how goofy it looks because if you're watching me praise you're doing something wrong But if I can't hit that 50 mile an hour going around the church anymore, maybe if it's just a five mile an hour. Oh, I used to be that muscle car, Brother, brother Nichols. But I feel more like my little buggy right now. So if all I can do is that little five mile an hour victory march, God honors that. Whatever you do, God honors. But you got to put on that garment of praise. You got to put it on. Come on. This church is depending on you. Your family is depending on you. Stand with me. But I believe God is wanting to start restoring some thinking in somebody's mind. Get rid of defeated mentality. Get rid of the I'll never be good enough mentality. I'll never be who I used to be mentality. God is wanting to restore. When I looked at that car... 
in the shop when Jerry told me that the owner of this car paid $20,000 just for the paint that went on this car. I was shocked and impressed all at the same time. I don't know if I would do that, even for my buggy. I don't have $20,000. But then I got to thinking, Brother Wilson, that $20,000 paint job is more than what the original paint job was that was on there. I looked under the hood. You know what he added? The, 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 the owner of the car wanted this. Well, not him. His wife wanted this. She wanted air conditioning in the car. Amen. That's right. Ladies, don't walk around in a muscle car sweating. You want to drive it through downtown with sweat pouring you? On AC. We're going to go down the road in style and nice and comfortable. So not only was this restoration now better than the original, not only was there more money put into this to make it even on top of what it originally was. Can I say this to the individual who's worried about, can I get back to where I was? God not only wants to bring you back to where you were, he wants to bring you back even further than where you were. God wants to bring you back and make you even better than who you were. You've got to put it on. You know why we put on the helmet of salvation? Because there's a lot of craziness that goes on right here. I'm kind of chuckling listening to Brother Wilson talk about it. You don't know what kind of crazy is going on in here. And I'm, you don't know the crazy that goes on right here. That's why I need that helmet of salvation to cover my mind and cover all and cover all of this craziness. But here's what I feel today. You're going in your mind of past blessings. You're going in your mind of, of, of the way things were. But I want you to start thinking about what God is going to do for you right now. Lord, I know we are our own worst enemy sometimes. God, sometimes the hardest one to overcome, the, sometimes the hardest one to forgive is right here in myself. But God, if you can forgive me for my failure, if you can forgive me for the time that I messed up, God, I should be able to forgive myself. God, help me to adopt your thinking. Help me to forgive myself as you've forgiven me. Help me to love myself as you love me. Lord, let, let grace and mercy flow through this place right now. Let grace and mercy flow over our minds. Cover our hearts right now, God, in the name of Jesus. Here's what I want for us as a congregation. Sometimes the hardest thing, and trust me, I have lived this. Sometimes the hardest thing to step out to pray and to worship is when you feel like you're the only one doing it. But there's strength in numbers. I want us all to come up in front. Every one of us, come on. Come on up here. 
Here's what's going to happen. There was a ride at Six Flags that we used to ride all the time. And it was basically a, a small boat that would go down a ramp. And there was water at the bottom of this ramp. And when you hit the water, <laughs> but you see, it wasn't for just the people that were in the ride. Because you see, they had a ramp that would go over where the boat would go under after it went through the water. That if you stood on that, if you stood on that, that bridge, that, that little area, you get something that not only what those people felt, but you get a little bit more. So what happens when the, the spirit of God starts moving? Sometimes when, when somebody starts getting excited and, and praising and that anointing starts moving, that splash over starts, starts heading. That wave of the Holy Ghost starts moving. And, and now it's not only just over here, but now it's over here. And, and not only is it just this person, but, but it's this person. We're going to do something as a corporate body. Because I believe there are lives that are going to be saved at these altars. Yes, Lord. But the enemy does not want that to happen. The enemy does not want your family to be saved. The enemy does not want your friends and your neighbors to be saved. So he will try to silence us. He will try to stop us. But as a corporate body, we are going to put on our garments of praise. And thank the Lord and praise him for what he has done. And we're going to praise him for what he's going to do for the lives that are going to be saved, for the lives that are going to be changed. But I want you, if you haven't praised him,